Welcome back to another episode of Have a Dope Day. I'm your host, Gabriel Lopez. Thank you guys for sticking with me through the two-week break that we just came off of. Thank you to everybody who came out of the art show, who bought art, everybody who reposted the flyer and supported what we're doing here at the gallery by We Are Sacramento. Now, I have a special guest for you today. Elise is a craftsman, craft person. I hope I'm saying it right. And uh, an artist of multi... Uh, mediums? Yeah. What do we call sure. it? Let's just tell everybody what you do professionally now. If I narrow it down, I'm a woodworker and a vinyl installer. Those are those are my two main things. Okay. Yeah. Now let's let's just give the audience a preview of some of the things they may have seen around town that are from you. Uh, some of the more well-known ones are probably there's the Hard Arch that goes up in Old Sack um, in the month of February every okay. year. There's a sign currently on the Delta King dock. Um, it's a half scale version of the sign that's on top of the train museum. Yeah. Um, and then I do a lot of restaurant signage and stuff. So like L street, like Saigon alley. And, um, currently it's Okesutora. I just put up those signs. It's okay. been a few other locations that I've done stuff for. I'm doing some stuff down the street there. Uh, the strapping store sign over in the ice blocks, mm -hmm. uh, the audacious sign in the ice blocks there too. Um, yeah, mostly those kinds of things. And then I do a lot of furniture, but those are usually for like law firms, different stuff like that. So they kind of end up, um, you know, behind closed doors. Yeah, yeah. Except Beehive actually, Beehive was one of my earlier, um, one of my earlier big pieces of furniture. So the Beehive desk and cabinets and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for that yeah. small summary. We'll get into your professional career, but first I want to sure. backtrack it all the way to, Kind of where creativity or art begins for you? Uh, really early for me, I'd say. I always liked drawing. Um, when I was probably like five or six, uh, my dad put me in a cartooning class. And I feel like that kind of kicked things off. And then uh, when the Dookie album, when I first got that, I got the cassette tape of Dookie and the, um, the booklet from it was just this mass of like little cartoons, little drawings and stuff. And I feel like that kind of kicked it off too. It started with that and evolved into um, painting and illustration. And then I started just kind of making random things. And I've kind of always just dipped into whatever I could find in the way of creating. So I think a lot of us kind of do that. Yeah. We go <clears throat> start somewhere and it, it, you never know where it's going to end up. Yeah. Were you a fan of like Saturday morning cartoons before yeah. the art? Oh, yeah. Now, after you start learning about cartooning, are you appreciating the cartoons you're watching in a different site? Oh, yeah. That's a whole nother thing with animation and stuff, especially, too. Um, yeah. I always loved them. I always loved watching them. I would copy everything I saw. And yeah. yeah. I have a, a thing I like to do with my two boys is like I'll go back before computers mm -hmm. and be like, hey, all these cartoons are drawn by hand. There's mm -hmm. like thousands of these one scenes we just they painstakingly just watched like the first episode of Popeye ever yeah. and they were like oh my god what is this put on Teen Titans yeah and I'm like no <laughs> dude you gotta watch this like this is old school look at how he's moving this is why he's moving like mm -hmm. that so like I always Saturday morning cartoons was my thing and like mm -hmm. when you had mentioned cartooning I was like oh I wonder if that changed the way you viewed them at all even mm -hmm. though it's sure. you did still drawing right still drawing like just, just the drawings, not actually animation? Oh, right. Yeah. I did a little bit of animation when I was um, in school for a little bit. And I would do little, uh, the little thumb books, little yeah, flip yeah. books and yeah, stuff. That's tight. I would make those in my textbooks all the time and stuff like that. But that was kind of the extent of, of the animation. So part. where does, what comes next for you? Did you veer off on any other creative paths? I know you had said something about graffiti when we were talking. Yeah, when I was uh, probably 17, 18, 19, um, probably up until maybe about 22, it kind of faded off. But um, I had some close friends that kind of got me into that path. I was already drawing letters and stuff. I was kind of always obsessed with like letters and topography mm -hmm. and just drawing my own uh, lettering and everything. And then I found graffiti through friends and both just seeing the magazines and everything. And it um, kind of sparked something in me. And there was also, you know, we talked about like the freedoms of it yeah. and just the kind of the rebellion of it. And um and just it was a place to kind of collaborate with other artists and stuff like that, too. And, yeah, I think there was a lot of meaning in it at that time, especially for me. Now, before you get involved 
with the people that paint graffiti in your local scene. Were you now that's usually seen as like a rebellious kind of troubled kid style of art. And you really went out and did it cool. I'll, I'll ask you to share some stories in a little bit. You can share as much as you want. Yeah, you can share as much as you want. Yeah, it's all good. It's up to you. But uh, beforehand, like what kind of student were you? What kind of kid were you like mm. middle school, beginning of high school? Um, middle school started off with the straight A's and all the sports, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and it kind of it faded off. I think that um, I had stuff going on and I think that I kind of went into my own little dark rebellious persona and ended up sort of uh, high school. Definitely. I was not super present. Um, I made it through that and everything, but kind of just barely and yeah. showed up sort of as little as I could, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I think at the time I just saw it as kind of BS, just kind of an institution that was like, teaching us things that weren't going to matter. And I, you know, looking back on it too, I'm like, well, they didn't teach me anything about finances. They didn't teach me yeah. anything about, you know, yeah. being successful in, in a career or in, you know, there's a lot of regular life stuff that I, I didn't learn. Not to say that it's not valuable. Kids stay in school and everything, yeah. do your thing. I wish I had done some of it different, but um, now I ended up hanging out, building friendships, building bonds and doing a lot of art and stuff. Yeah. Can we get... You can get as personal as you would like to. Um, but I'm, when I hear this, there's a switch. Something happens from you being straight A student involved mm -hmm. in sports to kind of no longer being into it anymore. What happens in between there? You don't have to get too detailed. Sure, you can, sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, some of it was definitely some kind of family related stuff. Some of it okay. too, honestly, was probably just that I was a teenager and yeah. being a teenager is fucking weird. It is. Yeah. It's weird it and is. it's chaos and you don't know what the hell's going on. And it's real easy to like lose hope at that point, it especially is. if there's fucked up shit going yeah. on around you. Yeah. Um, I think it was a combination of a lot of things. Uh, yeah. yeah. A lot changed for me in that time too, which is yeah. the way I saw myself changed Yeah. from middle school mainly from from elementary to middle school because the social dynamic changes mm -hmm. um i was i'm a brown male and i grew up in a neighborhood that wasn't necessarily like gang infested but there were mm -hmm. that was a thing there so you start to see like oh the people we hung out with in sixth grade we don't hang out with in seventh grade anymore yeah because of where they live or what they right. where their family comes from and there's a lot going on in middle school basically to you graduate high school that really can dictate the rest of your life in a mm -hmm. negative or positive way. Oh, yeah. My sister was a very good student, mm -hmm. got all kinds of like, I don't know if it was straight A's, but she was, she's a smart person. I don't know. Yeah. And she left high school, like in a very good position in a very good space. And like, I thought she was going to do something different. Mm -hmm. And like, she's, she's got the most important job there is raising kids. But like, mm -hmm. we just, mm -hmm. as a family, we're like, oh, from what she's shown us from her whole school period, she's going to go off and do this. That didn't actually happen. So like, right. I say that to say that like, it's a weird time and you're just kind of figuring some things out for yourself Yeah. at that time. What happens, um, basically like. Can you share some of your graffiti stories with us as much as you're willing <laughs> to share? I'm a little nervous on a couple of the it's ones I previously shared just because they... Uh, you can leave out locations. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> so I guess I can share the... Uh, in a nutshell of it is uh, I, had a, I had a good friend that I was running with and... Um, his uh, one of his uh, parents was very high up in the police department mm -hmm. um, where we were. And um, we had a, a crazy night out. We were going we we're going to go out, hitting a place and had all the crates in the back of my car. And he has me. Uh, he suddenly is just like, I'll go to the go to the cop station. Yeah. I'm like, mm, that sounds OK. All right. I'm trusting you. And we pull in. And he's like, all right, wait here. And I'm like, cool. Sounds great. I guess I'll be here. You. Outside of a police station. Outside of a police station, yeah. just in the parking lot, as With close to the front door as possible. Yeah. Not even in the trunk. Oh. Backseat. <laughs> yeah. Backseat crates. Uh, not smart in the first yeah. place anyway. Yeah. But um, yeah, he runs in, comes back out, and his sweatshirt is far expanded. And yeah. And he's like, what the 
fuck is it? What are you doing, dude? Well, he's just like, go, just go, just go. I'm like, all right, okay, cool. I'm going, I'm going. And I'm like, what the fuck did you do, dude? Like, what the fuck did you just do? Yeah. And he whips out a fucking police radio. What? And he's just like, well, now, now we'll know if they're pulling up on us, we'll fucking hear it and then we'll be good. And I'm like, that's cool and all, but you fucking stole a police radio. Yeah. So I feel like it's kind of uh, counteractive there, but all right. Um, and we go out. And just like, all right, cool. And we bring it out with us and we're kind of setting it up everywhere we go. And we go to this one spot and we're in this little nook and there's kind of these posts. Um, there's like these windows in front of us and then these little walls that we're hitting yeah. inside of this nook. And then there's these kind of posts that are just uh, separating that nook from the parking spots that are like a few feet next to them, like yeah. behind them. And we're painting and all of a sudden we hear this car come up and we're like, oh, fuck. And so we like duck behind one of those posts yeah. and we're just sitting there chilling and we see this car come up and it just fucking pulls into one of the spots directly behind where we are so that it can see our reflection in the fucking oh, windows shit. right in front of us. And we're like, well, that's not cool, but maybe they won't notice. It's dark. We're just yeah. going to stay perfectly fucking still. If we don't move, maybe the glare will fuck it up. They won't catch us or whatever. And then we fucking look at each other and we're looking over and we're like, where the fuck is the radio? And we look and it's sitting right in the headlights on a fucking sawhorse right there. Just right in front of this fucking car, probably like five feet. Yeah. yeah. It's like, cool. Well, I guess this is the end of our fucking painting career. I, our guess, lives. I guess we're done. Yeah. yeah, I guess we're done here. Yeah. And we're just sitting there like literally sweating and shit. And after like 20 minutes or something, the car just fucking backs away and pulls off. And I'm like, fuck, dude. Like, oh, my gosh. That was as close as I uh, I mean, we've, we've had other close calls, but I think that was the closest proximity someone's been able to actually get to us yeah and i think that was the time where we uh because other times we were running and for some reason it felt like you could always just keep running and be good that one we were just caged and i i think that was probably one of the more more terrifying um but needless to say i fucking banned the police radio stealing after yeah. that point yeah. i was like let's just do this normal dude we don't we yeah. don't need to fucking rob a cop station and no, go that's fucking wild painting. that's a gangster is is real dumb real real dumb but it's a story right <laughs> I was, uh, when you were telling me that in the prep, I felt like I went back to a situation in my own head that was similar to that. I ran, I was out on a, there's a train line on on like Roseville Road and there's like, Mm -hmm. dude, it was like from one overpass to the next. It was so long. It might've been two lines and it just looked like one. But anyways, it was so long that like we had, uh, we had gotten in the car at one end of it, drove down the street. And by the time we got out the end like you couldn't see the front of the car and we had mm-hmm. driven through like an entire neighborhood so we were excited to see all the graffiti on the train and we were like let's go get a bunch of paint it's been out there for an hour like yeah. let's let's go hit it so just in the neighborhood kids like 17 16 maybe um we get a bunch of paint and like we wind up stopping by the park where some of the other graph homies are the little bit older ones and so like we picked them up Yo, we're going to go hit this train on A Street. A Street and like what? Like the end of A Street turns into like Roseville Road and like a little entrance. Mm-hmm. And so we enter there, walk up and down the line, see all the graffiti. And then we find there's like these cars that are have holes all in them. They're called holy rollers. And they're, they're filled with vehicles. They're vented trains. Like oh, they just have millions of little holes and they're like three stories tall. Right. Yeah, like three stories tall. And there's vehicles in there. And I remember looking inside like, what? There's cars in there? And I'm taking out the paint and I start painting and like I look to my left, I look to my right and I just see other people painting. And I thought it was the dopest feeling yeah. ever. I was like, this is what I signed up for. This in is graffiti. That scene, yeah. yeah, I was like, I'm in the mix with the homies like yeah. this is tight. And like I'm painting like the shittiest piece ever because I'm so <laughs> excited. Right. Yeah. I'm just overwhelmed with excitement and I'm doing it. I'm doing the thing I always wanted to do. Yeah. And like I hear this weird crunching, ruffling noise. You know, what the fuck is that noise? That's out of place here. But like my street smarts wasn't honed yet. Mm. So I hear it again and again. I'm like, what the fuck is that noise? And finally, I look under the train and I'm like, from me to you with the hood in front of us inside of a window with glasses on, there's a sheriff's officer looking right at me. And what I'm hearing is he's he's pulling in. He's trying to position his car on top of the rocks, like the the side trail rocks that are Mm -hmm. next to the uh, train tracks. And I stepped back and I just felt so tiny. And I'm just like, I'm fucked. My dad is going <laughs> to kick my ass. I looked to the left, right, and I was like, cops. And I point and everybody just like starts jumping and running. And I hear that door close. We start seeing cops coming over the train. Like oh, they had shit. seen us for a while. Yeah. And they, you just hear like, 
Sacramento Sheriff's Department, don't move. And it's terrifying. You're supposed to like, you're supposed to stop at that. Yep. But like, we're going and I'm damn near about to piss on myself running. And like my, I've never dealt with the adrenaline, like dump like that. And so I get a little bit further and I kind of stop and I can see the cops are tying me down the line, but I'm almost to A Street. I'm going to make it out. The car's over there. Like I'm about to be good. My other homie JJ is about to be good. Another one of our little homies is with us too. We're good. Some of the other homies hopped the fence. Like it was a little bit of chaos. I come around the corner of like a bush and like some trash and I like, kind of just stop, put my hands on my hips and I like start to breathe. And I just see like an orange thing behind the other bushes of this front yard. And I'm like, what is that neon orange thing? And it's attached to a person wearing a sheriff's department jumpsuit suit. And it's a less than lethal shotgun. And he's, I know that because he goes, this is a less than lethal shotgun. It's filled with beanbags. Don't make me shoot you with this. Get on the ground now. Yeah. And like another cop car pulls up. They hop out. Same thing. And like it was terrifying. That sounds fucking terrifying. It was. And it ruined graffiti for me for like 10 seconds. Yeah. Because as soon as I got home after I had to face my dad and I didn't die, I was like, I'm a real graffiti writer now. (laughs) Like Just earned my stripes. I just earned my stripes. I got to school on that Monday. People were like, yo, I heard you ran from the cop. You almost got killed by a cop with a shotgun. He's going to kill you guys. And I was like. Bro, it was crazy. You should have seen it. Helicopters, like it was dope. <laughs> but the it, stories when you're a kid, you're yeah. Just like, <laughs> but it allowed me, it allowed me like fame that I didn't have before, which make mm-hmm. which as a teenager, like we just said, yeah. made me feel validated. Yeah, and it allowed me to live like I learned, like you can have validation from this, and that kind of set the course for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds like you had creativity was already in your path. Mm-hmm. all before like you graduate from high school but what happens after high school for you what's your profession um I kind of I, I bounced around a little bit I um got a job at an art store that's actually uh part of where I got the exposure to the graffiti and stuff I was working with a, a guy who, who okay. was um uh bigger in the area and stuff mm-hmm. and, and started taking me out and exposing me to it more and, and showing me techniques and things like that um and then uh, kind of messed around with a little bit of random college stuff and eventually landed in uh, art school for a few years. Did that for a little while and uh, ended up getting a job in printing and kind of uh, I was doing design work. I was learning how to run the shop. I was doing all this different stuff. And at the time I was kind of like, well, this is awesome. Like this is something I'd want to do, you know? Yeah. Um, so I ended up just kind of dropping out and, uh, I was also a little jaded with art school. It felt the same where I was like, why aren't they teaching us how to yeah. how to run a business as an artist, yeah. how to deal with finances, how to deal with clients, how to deal, how come none of this stuff has come up? Yeah. Um, and it was insane amounts of money. It's insanely expensive. How much was you it? You know? Oh God. It was uh at the time at least like twenty five hundred a semester or oh, something like that. Fuck that. And then plus supplies and art supplies yeah. are not cheap. No, I mean not. No, nothing for school is cheap, but um, which is ridiculous. It makes no sense whatsoever. But um yeah, so I ended up getting into printing, and that job kind of started my journey. I had been a, a framer, too. I was a picture framer. I did a lot of, like, specialty stuff, like jerseys and objects okay. and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. That's actually part of what landed me the um, job at the print shop. I had no experience in any of that except for the design part. Yeah. Um, but they wanted to incorporate framing into what they were doing. So, um, yeah, I guess it kind of uh, fell into that. I worked in printing for about 15 years and had uh, I lived in in San Francisco for about 10 years throughout my 20s, too. So, you know, making it there meant having like five jobs. So I actually did a lot of different stuff. Yeah, Uh, I did website design. I did small format printing, large format printing. Um, I worked for a photographer for a little while. I um, God, what else? It's been a while now. I've also had my own businesses back then too, making uh, designing and selling merch and stuff like that. Um, yeah, a lot of random stuff, a lot of random stuff. You you said you worked in a print shop. Can you elaborate Mm -hmm. on that? What are you printing and what year is this being done? So that was, oh God, uh, year is a good question. Probably 2007 ish is when I think I started 2006. Um, something like that. 
Um, I was doing wide format printing, but the cool thing when I was there is when I was in art school. And so, um, and it's also when I was falling out of graffiti because it started, I kind of started seeing a certain professional path for myself that yeah. I knew graffiti would put, it would be too risky. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I ended up switching over to, uh, I was printing my own stickers and, you know, posters to go yeah. repaste and stuff when I was, uh, cause I would walk like a, a couple miles to where I was going to school from my work. So I would just be throwing stuff up for a while and, um, yeah. So I was printing a lot of large format. I did a lot of, uh, court posters and stuff. Actually, the guy I was working what? for at the time, yeah. he did the, uh, court, the presentation boards for the OJ Simpson trial. Are you serious? Yeah. Super random. Um, uh, yeah, but so I was doing a lot of court presentation boards for for big law firms and stuff like that. I ended up um the dude unfortunately was not the awesomest guy, let's just yeah. say, and yeah. he ended up kind of bailing out, drinking all the time, spending all the company's money while I was there running the whole thing. And the downside is that is it sucked. The upside is that I learned how to run an entire business by myself, yeah. like an entire print shop doing even the bookkeeping and everything for him, um like literally everything. So. Can we go into what it takes to run a print shop? Like, mm. let's, I'm the consumer. I come in, mm -hmm. I give you, I tell you I want a sign on my window or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, what are the next steps that come after that that you are now responsible for? Oh, God. Uh, a lot. I mean, with that, if I need to do design, I do design work. We're going through mock-ups. We're going okay. through approvals. Um, working with the vendors to order what I need, timelines, yeah. uh, running the machines, which also meant knowing how to fix the machines a lot of the time too, especially yeah. back then it was harder to get techs out. And, um, yeah, so I learned to work on a lot of, uh, a lot of those machines back in the day too. Is everything digital? Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. it was. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I mean, we did, uh, hand, some things by hand, I guess, but yeah. for the most, we were printing stuff. Yeah. Printing signs and stuff. So after the design work, mm -hmm. you have to go install it or is that a separate process? It depends on on what I was printing. Mm -hmm. If it required installation, then yeah. Otherwise, sometimes it was just handing off products and stuff too. More of the installation came at the next uh, printing place I worked at. That's where I really got into like the vehicle wraps and um, okay. installing a lot of murals and, and stuff like that, which I still do all that now. See, that's, that's why I asked because it sounds like you cut your teeth mm -hmm. in that space. Yes. Yes. Sounds like you turned a good situ a bad situation into a good outcome Ultimately, later on down yeah. the line. Ultimately. But yeah. um so what happens after that job? Where do you where do you work at? Do you go on to a better situation? How long? Yeah, definitely. Um that dude unfortunately at a certain point just kind of stopped giving me my paychecks. So oh, shit. Uh, so I I started looking for something else and found a job working um for this awesome woman who um was previously actually a really well-known ball player in college and stuff okay um played for pat summit in case anyone knows pat summit um but it was uh ended up being like an all-women shop and we were like oh uh, that's where uh trained to like wrap cars we were wrapping like some of the early lift rides and stuff yeah. when they first came out it's it's funny i got i have signs and and wraps and stuff in my photo albums from when a lot of these startups because it was in san francisco mm -hmm. from when a lot of them came to be like next door that next door app mm -hmm. i made the acrylic sign for them when they first started up that's crazy um so it was kind of cool uh we do a lot of you know wall vinyl and murals and conference room vinyl and stuff and we'd be back in the same office like six months later switching it out for a new startup yeah that one dropped um and yeah lots lots of car wraps are you installing time. a vinyl mural is that what you said yeah i did a lot of I, I do a lot of vinyl murals who does the design who does the art is it like art art or is it just like it graphic designs yeah it varies um and sometimes it's client provided sometimes okay. we're asked to put together a design based on i don't know whatever yeah or just to come up with something creative but i've done uh, i've done all kinds of stuff sometimes it's even just a word bubble and something really yeah, simple yeah. and you know yeah. the company throws at us but um at, at this point now it's it's still all over the place the stuff i do for my own business is kind of all over the place too yeah so did you get a more of a hands-on mentorship at that space i did um we well, we were kind of learning at the same time, honestly. She, okay. she kind of um, went from playing basketball and stuff to doing graphic design in school and then kind of uh, bought a printing business okay. uh, off of this this guy. And so we were kind of both learning at the same time and um, learning from that. This was before there were really YouTube videos for this stuff either. Yeah. Like none of that was kind of around at the yeah. time. Um, and a lot of the materials we were working with were like very different than what's available now, too. Okay. 
um, not as easy to work with and stuff. But yeah, a lot of it was just experimenting. Honestly, that's been a lot of my life is just figuring it out by just kind of fucking around and doing it. That's, you know, that's the best way. Yeah. That's yeah. You learn a lot. You, you learn do. a lot more. Yeah. You definitely you do. do. Yeah. Where does it become? How far from that space mm-hmm. with the hands on learning at the same time as as everybody else in the company mm-hmm. to like where you are now? What happens in between? Mm-hmm. Um, several additional jobs at the same time as that one. And then um, I ended up I, I was kind of messing around the apartment I was in uh, toward the end of living in in San Francisco. Um, I had a, a bigger space which for San Francisco. At least it was a big room. Okay. And so I had made myself a workbench and I was making my own wood signs at home with like hand tools and stuff. Wow. So I kind of started messing around and doing that. And then I ended up getting um, I had the the person I was dating at the time. She wanted to live up in Sacramento mm-hmm. and I happened to get a connection for a print shop up here and got a call to go work there because they knew I could do every part of the business. And so really um, I ended up getting that job and moving up um, in shoot, 2015 ish. Okay. And pretty much as soon as I came up and had the space that Sacramento offers, you know, um, I started kind of collecting tools and just started making small signs and the signs got bigger and then they sort of evolved. I, it kind of just uh, there were some people that were very pivotal in um, connecting me out here and and helping me, uh, you know, meet businesses and stuff and places that needed work done. And uh, it kind of rolled from there. Yeah. Let's before we get into the who those people were, yeah. let's get into the to the move from. So you moved from San Francisco to Sacramento. Yeah. Yeah. OK. What was that like? Because they're two totally different places. And in 2015, yeah. they were different than they are today. Yeah, no, for sure. I think it's funny because I was nervous at first just because I was so used to kind of the constant movement yeah. in San Francisco. Yeah. I was used to um, how much there is packed into such a little space. Mm-hmm which I've kind of always loved, I think, because I I grew up, um, I have a half sister, but I didn't really grow up with her. So mm-hmm. I grew up on my own. And so like, I was the kid who always had the TV playing to fall asleep because I needed noise, yeah. you know? Yeah. I grew up on El Camino, which is loud as hell, but it was yeah. comforting to me. It made me feel. So I think that the city, I liked the noise because it was very comforting. So I was nervous about some of that coming up here. But um, one of the things I saw on one of my trips up, there's... Um, uh, an artist named Sam Flores. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love his work and have for uh, God, probably like 15 years or something, okay. but he has a piece over on J street and it happened to be almost, uh, almost exactly across the street from the place I was going to be working. Dope. And I think something about that, just that, that piece of art, just seeing that it made it feel like, okay, this, this is cool. There's something about, there's like a little piece of home here also i could see how much art appreciation there was yeah um i know it's it's blown up even more since then and stuff but i could just see that um i think from the start and that made me feel hopeful and at home art has always made me feel more in my element if i'm around it or around people who love it things like that you know so So. even later on in your life when you're about to make a change in location and just changing everything art still brings you level or brings you yeah that's wild yeah it makes sense so i think it's the it's something i've always had to have in my life yeah always you know in order to have um got everything that i need happiness and balance and it's my therapy it's a way to connect with people it's a way to see things in a new way it's um it's kind of everything i i didn't discover that part of it until a few years ago Mm. um before I made air quotes of art, sure. painting graffiti, and that yeah. was a different, you operate from a different space, yeah. which every artist, every mature artist knows that the space you operate from dictates how you make art and how you receive it, how you judge it. Yeah, Just totally. So like, I'm living in a completely different situation now than I was then. Mm-hmm. And so like, I didn't realize how powerful of a tool it was, but it is cool to hear that you knew that a long time ago. Can you describe Sam Flores' work just for my own? Ooh, um, colorful, it, interesting, illustrate. I feel like you, I don't even know. Does it have to, big heads? Yes. With, yes. With hoods on that are like animals? Yep. So you were on J Street? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Exactly. Um, it's a white wall, tiny little brick wall. Yep. So, yeah. This guy. 
Did you work at the art store that used to be there that was like lime green? No, there's a, a print shop that's tucked in there. It's okay. funny because it's actually really discreet. We're, okay. we're like a printing and sign company that never had a sign out front. Okay, yeah. Um, no, it was, yeah, it was a print shop called Meridian over on, on J Street. It's like a few doors down from um, Rick's, where the, the Rick's currently is and stuff. But uh, I was trying to pull them up. Oh, here we go. Yep. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah when you like when you said his name, yeah. I started going to the library in my head. Yeah. I'm like, what does that look like? Where is it? No, I get that. And that's yeah. uh Upper Playground used to be right yes, there too. That was, I lived at Upper Playground. Yeah, he had yeah. a bunch of shirts in there and it was tight to always yep. go in there. I have a collection of his uh shirts and art and I got to meet him um at one point thanks to a, a buddy of mine and he actually hand drew me a little piece. I told oh, him that's that tigers tight. were my thing. Yeah, so yeah. he like I have a little hand drawn piece of his up in my house too, which makes me happy. That's yeah. tight. And I think it's cool that you were able to find that that piece. Yeah. Just in a new situation. Yeah. I get yeah. how that could happen now. Um, What happens through your time? Like, when do you start to go from just working in Sacramento? Mm -hmm. You just freshly moved here to becoming part of Sacramento, to meeting these people. Like, how does all that happen? I think it's it was kind of a role of um, really started off with um, – my buddy Micah that I worked with at that print shop. Okay. He's uh he's a local artist. He's all over the place. He's got really awesome work. It's uh his his Instagram is the Micah Abides. Um it's a dope name. Yeah, no, it's yeah. solid. He's, he's a solid guy too. Matches it well. Um but he told me about a paint shop. We kind of got into talking about painting and different stuff like that. So he told me about a paint shop uh, about Leave Your Mark, which yeah. at the time was just down J Street. Yeah. Um, and it was only a few blocks away. So I started just going over there all the time, um, met Lance and started chatting it up with him a bunch, ended up doing like a little business card holder for him. And I was, of course, over there buying paints and Poscas and yeah. magazines and shirts whenever I could throw down on them. Um, and then Lance was like connecting me with people and then also introduced me to uh, Jeremy Stanger, who's been uh huge in in my exposure up here and stuff he's connected me with so many uh, uh businesses and people that i i've been really really fortunate to work with but um yeah and lance connected me with with frankie and and sean and stuff too yeah. and frankie like saw some of my i showed her some of my artwork when i was doing some prints for her and uh she offered to have me in a in a show her and sean and um that was the first show first art show i got to be in up here too and it kind of it was, I don't know. It was incredible that, that I think all those connections were the biggest part too. Everyone up here had such big open arms and yeah. it was so loving and so different than what I was used to in, you know, not that there aren't cool people in San Francisco, but it's, it's a different vibe. And I experienced a lot of, uh, I felt like I had to be somebody I was and I'm not like a cool kid and I'm not, you know what yeah. I mean? Like I just kind of do my thing. Um, and I felt like I had to perform out in San Francisco and up here. It just it felt like I could be myself. And there were just so many good people to. Um, yeah, to meet and to, to get to have experiences with and so many amazing artists. God, all the people I'm naming are all fucking incredible. No, they are. Artists. And when you like, when you killer. talk about and so such good people. Well, that I know from experience with some of them. Yeah, um, I don't know. It's just because I haven't had the experience with the other ones yet. But you're talking about Lance. Mm -hmm. And Sean, like for sure, those are two people who have been, they've grown this scene or played a big part in keeping it going. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure Lance, I know for a fact, Lance has had like some very challenging times with the store yeah. from people yeah. busting in his windows, fucking around in his store for like yeah. shithead stuff, yeah. stealing jackets, stealing just yeah. cost like is there's. Is he's had some challenging times and he still presses on. Yeah. There's been other people who try to come in and do what he does. And it's like because he's from our community and he's actually put in the time and work into this city yeah. way before it was popular, way before it was profitable. Like yeah. we all make sure to support him and leave your mark. And so like you're you're got in with the right crowd and yeah, all those people are high level professionals, too. Yeah. I mean, you look at Jeremy like literally every day. It's not, yeah. he's doing a new business. It's or new, yeah. yeah. And it's like, everywhere. it's, it's from like just regular black signs mm -hmm. up above a building to like full scale, like, yeah. you know, a couple hundred feet murals. Like, incredible yeah. work. Yeah. 
and it's he's the nicest fucking guy. Is he really? I'd love to. Oh have my more. god! Yeah, you should. All all of them. Um, yeah, you haven't talked to them yet. All of them, honestly, are just uh, they're just genuinely good people. Like all. I don't them. doubt it. I think yeah. uh, that's part of the reason why people are successful. Yeah. People, I know. believe that fully. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's also um, it's how you live a happy life. You know, yeah. even if you don't profit off of being nice, like, yeah. you know, it feels good. It feeds your heart. It feeds the heart of others. That's that means a lot more than profit. It does. And it comes into play too. like. Just be a good person, the best person you yeah. could be. You don't there. None of this requires you to be some other weird shit. Yeah, like, it doesn't. People take this very seriously, like as if it's going to change the world. And it's like, bro, you just put paint on something like. It's yeah. it is a big deal, but like you don't need to. I don't you don't know. need a facade. Yeah, you don't need to be yeah, a cool kid. Yeah. You don't need to do any of that. Like, yeah. So where does it come into play? The professional. Or no, wait. What was the art show they invited you to? I'm sorry. It was at eighteen. Uh, eighteen ten. It was when it was over. Gallery, yeah, yeah, when it was okay. over there in that in that little space. Um, I can't remember the name of the show. Um, back and it was that was. I think like 2016 or something yeah. like that. Um, yeah. I, for a little while there, those, those first few years up here, I was creating more of my own stuff. It was before okay. I had really started um, doing, I was still really just working at that print shop and yeah. then doing things for fun on the side. I hadn't started doing uh, my own business stuff quite yet at that point, only every once in a while. But yeah. Now I've never seen your personal work before. Yeah. And yeah. for the people in the audience who have it, can you describe it? to oh, us it's uh it ranges i think more often than not it's some kind of dimensional thing i like um i like doing dimensional signs uh, a lot that's one of my favorite things is signage because i've always i really have always loved letters and i yeah. think it just kind of translated into doing some of that um but also random stuff i did a little i made a handsaw out of wood just like a little one yeah it's actually another artist that ended up um buying it she's really cool too um but I just, uh, yeah, just like a little hand cut handsaw out of like some, I can't remember if you say wenge or wenge, the kind of wood, and then some zebra wood and stuff on the blade. Okay. Um, really random. I do some illustrations, some painting once in a while. It is kind of all over the place. Uh, yeah. So when we talked about a little bit of that in the prep, yeah, it made sense to why your work looks the way it does, not your professional mm. work, because it's a little bit of everything. Yeah. And... Mm. It's executed very well. Like Thank as you. much as I can I see in pictures, yeah. I did, you know, like you can zoom in and see like, okay, this is done nicely. I appreciate like that. the finishes Thank are you. all nice. I seen, uh, I think it was like a wall you made out of most like pieces of wood or like a facade wall, like something. Uh, maybe the ship black, the, one of the desks. I, did I don't know. I don't want to put a name to it cause I'm going to mess yeah. it up. Right. <laughs> I'll, I'll show you after, but right, I was cool. looking at it and I was like, there's no gaps. The gaps are all the same. There's no gaps that are off. Oh, the slat wall, the slat wall. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, see, that's no, that's another side of the brain. I don't have like, Ew, just, that was something that was a lot of mathing. That's what <laughs> I'm saying. hard on that one. Yeah. So I want to know where it goes from being like a, a hobby that you do and mm. showing with friends and working this other career, where does it become a full-time gig for you? I think once I had collected a handful of tools and especially once I got, um, I got this little bandsaw off this guy for like 60 bucks cause it was all rusted out and I mm -hmm. took it completely apart, refinished it, got all the rust off it and then just started cutting stuff. And, um, yeah, just started messing around, making my own signs and showing it. And then, I think I ended up just going up to uh, there was I can't remember what the boutique was called, but it was one of those ones out of the back of like a truck that was at the farmer's markets and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I ended up just being like, hey, let me know if you need a sign. You know, I yeah. noticed um, that you didn't have one and stuff. And she was like, oh, I've been wanting to get one. blah blah. blah. So I basically yeah. just before I was really doing it, just said like, hey, because I've yeah. been making them at my jobs and stuff, you know, Um and then she ended up wanting one. I did that. And then someone else saw it. Yeah. And then. Uh, pretty soon after is kind of when I met Jeremy and he actually connected me. Um, Unseen Heroes needed okay. a sign for some mm -hmm. stuff that they were doing in their in display okay. at the time. Um, and then I worked a lot. I started working a lot with them. Okay. And they passed my name on to people, too. And, um, yeah, it kind of just rolled. It kind of just went and it, it went in, into uh, furniture mainly because I, I have a friend 
a longtime friend who's an interior designer in the city. Um, and she had asked if I could make uh, this this desk. And I was like, well, I don't see why not. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So I just kind of, I made this, uh, I did a handmade shiplap and um, made this big old reception desk. And that turned into like a job for Beehive, doing the big desk for them and stuff and the cabinets for them and uh, kind of rolled from there too. I think that got me into the furniture side. So. Why do you start working with wood in the first place? You've already yeah. said like three different, is the species, species of wood, like different types oh, of wood. Yeah, yeah. Like you've already said three and I'm sorry, I have no idea what that looks like. That's like, all good. I'll like, show you, I'll show you later. It's, yeah. it's cool. It's but real where cool, do you, but, yeah. where does like the wood as a, as a medium come into play? I think I was just drawn to it. Um, I think part of it is that I, uh, I love nature and I love the colors in nature and the patterns in nature and, and all the different things. I think some of it, um, I'm trying to remember if there was something key, like somebody gave me something or something mm -hmm. like that. But um, I don't necessarily remember that. I think I just always liked it. I had like a shop class when I was in like eighth grade or something and I made a little race car out of wood and I used a bandsaw for the first time yeah. back then. And um, I think that definitely started off and that was always in my head. I love, I bandsaw is my favorite, by far my favorite tool. It's <laughs> yeah. so, it's so fucking fun. You can make so much good stuff with it. But um, yeah, I, I don't, I think I was just drawn to it. I think I was just drawn to it. So I kind of just started collecting tools and making it happen, messing around. And everything you've made for these companies we talked about is mainly wood. Or is it a mixture? Mainly wood. Sometimes there's acrylic. Sometimes there's metals. Um, I've done signs with, you know, preserved moss in them. Um, I do tend to, like, mix medias whenever I, I can and stuff. But mm -hmm. the base of them is usually usually wood. Yeah. And how are you going about creating? You said you made a desk for Beehive. Is that what you said? Beehive waxing. Okay. Yeah. Beehive waxing. What, what is that place? For? It's over on uh, R Street. Wait, is it R and uh, 29th, I believe? It's, it's an awesome spot. Um, and the, the owner of that, I have to give a shout out. Her name is Katie Marks. And mm -hmm. that was um, when COVID hit. So I went fully self-employed, fully dropped that print job about three weeks before COVID hit. I oh, obviously shit. didn't know that was going to happen. None of us did. Um, well, some of us did, just so, not us. Yeah, not just our, not us. Yeah, we weren't in yeah. the know. It was not cool, man. Um, but so much stuff I had lined up just draw. I was at a peak. The reason I quit was because I was booked out for like six months. Oh, good for you. Um, it was awesome. It felt mm. amazing. And I was like, holy shit, I can actually do this. Like I yeah. can make this dream come true. And then COVID hits and like everything dropped off instantly. Cause a lot of it was, I do a lot of, um, vinyl installation for like big conferences, like in Vegas and things like that too. Yeah. Um, on all events, everything dropped off. Um, so a lot of the, uh, big paychecks I had lined up just gone instantly. And, um, Katie stuck with me. We had just kind of gotten into that project. It was only, you know, partway into it. And, um, and she stuck with it and, and we, we saw that one through and stuff. And that, that desk helped me survive for uh, a little while until I got, you know, the next thing that came up and the next thing that came up and then slowly things started to pick back up again. But yeah. How was, what's that, time like knowing because you go from a high three mm -hmm. weeks before COVID right? <laughs> yeah you go come Big from high. a high and yeah. then you're they're just like nope how how long after the three weeks mm -hmm. did you like did all that like did you know for sure these things are falling off like oh, as yeah. soon as it shut down like did you know like oh shit we're done I started getting the calls uh, as soon as like the what was it Mar March 19th mm -hmm. was when like the world shut down basically yeah. um I started getting the calls within like a few days of that. Yeah. Um, just that people were backing out and um, these events weren't going to happen. And like, Oh, this build is going to have to wait because we don't know what's going to happen. And, yeah. Um, yeah, no, that sucked. That was terrifying. And I, it was, it was hard to not take that as a sign that uh, I wasn't going to be able to do this. Yeah. Um, I tried instead to be like, all right, so I got a test early on this. We're, we're doing a big test early on and see how I can, how I can handle, um, going through this shit. I also, I do, I have to give a lot of credit to one of my best friends. Um, well, my best friend, his name is Aaron, uh, mm -hmm. Aaron Vigil. He's a glass blower up okay. in Portland, but he's been doing it for like 15 years. So he went through the 2008 recession. Oh shit. Having yeah. his own business. And so a huge part of it is definitely just, uh, you know, 
talking it through it with him and him being like, Hey man, like, don't just drop it. Don't give up on it. You know, I've been through this before. Like, I think you can go through this. The fact that you built this up, you know, I think you can keep it rolling. Um, he helped me a lot through that time and and honestly has through a lot of my business stuff. He's, he's, uh, kind of become my coworker over the phone and stuff. Yeah. 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 I would have gotten terrified and called for my job back. I almost did. You almost <laughs> did. I almost. I was too miserable though. And the one, the one yeah, big goal of it. my life is is to um, to like what I do as much as I can, to be happy in my work because uh, we spend so much of our life at work. We do. Yeah. Yeah. We definitely do. Yeah. Where does it? Where do you start to see the light? Mm. Like, where does it get better? You know, I. I think every gig that came up after that point, I mean, Katie sticking with me, there was a lot of light in that, mm-hmm. a lot of light in that. That meant the world to me um, for like a number of reasons. But um, I can I think I took every job that came up after that as light. I got a job wrapping. There was like 26 of these big buses. Um, they're still actually all around, like going around the bay and stuff. But um, I got a job wrapping buses with a small team. Uh, and that kept me going another few months yeah. and then like another similar kind of thing. And then um, I think it really started to pick back up, though, not for at least a year and a half in two years in maybe is when it really was like steady enough for me to be like, OK, I think I'm gonna be able to I can do breathe. what I need to do next yeah. month. Also, not just this month. Yeah. 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 You said Katie sticking with you was meant a lot. Yeah. Can you elaborate a little more on that? I know the gig part of it, the money part is one thing, but like, yeah you're um, like you're kind of defeated you know like and you got to show up to this other gig like and i would imagine it being hard to put all of that energy you had before those jobs fell off into this job now yeah you kind of nailed it with that 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 is a big part of it too i also um right before covid i had uh split up with a person i was with for like five years okay so um I had moved out, was like living alone, alone for the first time. Before that, I'd always had a partner, roommates, whatever. Yeah. So I was kind of figuring that stuff out. Decided to start my business at the same time. Oh, all of that. You're and just then, taking risks on the chin. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of took a lot of leaps. Yeah, I took did. a lot of leaps and COVID was like, hey, fuck you. Yeah. And I was like, cool. All right. Um, and it, it wasn't just that she stuck with the job and that she kept me on and, and kept rolling with it. Um, she had a lot of patience too that was a really that was a hard time I went through a really hard time for a while and um it was hard to keep working it was hard to feel hopeful and keep working and I I felt terrible and guilty at the same time because I was like well I should be appreciating that I have this gig still like what am I doing here why do I feel so kicked down if I still have this gig I should be fucking grateful but I think it was just I was still processing so much from from the breakup from you know figuring out where I was there and then um that was kind of a lot. My neighbor I had gotten close to got cancer and I oh, was like fuck, trying bro. to be there for her too. And like, it was a weird, it was a weird time. It was a weird time for everyone. It, but it was. Yeah. I got, I got clean, completely clean. I was on a maintenance drug beforehand. Yeah. I'm in recovery currently. Got years in recovery. But like I, nice. before COVID is like October, Thanksgiving, I celebrate my sober day. Nice. And I'm like, all right, yeah, I'm going to hit this next year after the holidays. And then it's like, everything turned off and I was like, Oh my God, <laughs> yeah. the system I had just put in play to, that I thought was going to keep me it's sober. It's just gone. Yeah. And yeah. so like a new system had to be developed yeah. and it was very, there was, I remember 90 days of just like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Like I can't even go to the store now. Like I yeah. can't even like, what is going on? Yeah. That was rough for everybody. Um, fucking twilight zone, weird ass time. Yeah. And so like you start to get, you're keeping yourself afloat through COVID mm-hmm. with other gigs. Um, mm-hmm. Where does it begin to pick up to where, like you said, you can cover next month too? Mm, I have to look back a little, I guess, but I feel like it was, uh, yeah, like a year and a half, two years in. And I kind of, um, I was doing more furniture and then I was doing more signs through that interior designer friend. She helped me a lot too okay. with just uh because the nice thing is the one nice thing about um not, i shouldn't say nice thing about covid there wasn't really you know a silver lining i guess people in san francisco were bolting and um so the friend that does interior design she moves people she moves businesses from office to office that's one okay. of her services 
and she um, is often away. So she was hiring me to go and do these moves and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. And that helped keep me afloat too. And then started doing more furniture with her as things settled down and started doing more signs. And then I think I was able to, uh, between that and some folks here too, I was able to build up more of a portfolio and start kind of getting seen more and having yeah. my name passed around a little more too. Yeah. Um, and yeah, connecting with more people. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of have to look. I don't know that I've fully paused to look back at, you, at any of this journey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah think, no, as you're talking, you know, I'm like, damn, yeah. you're dumping right now. You're I just know, having for like sure. I don't dump. want a therapy on you. No, it's all good. <laughs> just, yeah, it's. Um, I don't know that I've paused to really. I think I've just been so like, just keep going, just In keep it, going. Yeah. I still have that panic of like, I gotta take everything, I gotta do everything I can, and I gotta keep moving forward and. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a good time. I got to pause soon. I got to pause soon. I, don't, and really I, I wouldn't say pause. Yeah. I'd, I'd say maybe, I don't know. Find some time for yourself, but don't sure. don't pause the blessing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. I have the same problem. I got this. I got that. I got this. Before, it was like, how do I How do I get yeah. some, you know, how do I get this thing rolling? Now that it's rolling, I'm like, how do I roll it better? Yeah. So, like, you can never really pause. You just yeah. have to, like, redefine the system, I think, um, yeah. or, re, you know, whatever. I wanted to talk about where your name starts to get passed around like a, a more and more mm. because I've, you have a certain style with the mm. signage Thank you. and it's very clean. It's just executed very nicely. Like yeah. how are you going about just maintaining a high quality of like execution, but also like balancing these different jobs? Like how are you keeping everything afloat? Um, honestly, right now I'm kind of having to refigure that out. Um, I have been lucky enough to have enough jobs kind of going at once more often now that mm -hmm. I have to, uh, it's become more of a challenge to, um, divide myself, but still keep all of the quality and focus. Cause the way that I get there is with the focus, it's, yeah. you know, giving that job, everything I've got, all the attention I've got really getting into the details. I'm a details person. I fucking love details. Um, and I think that's what's kind of helped me to make stuff that, you know, hopefully is like a good level up in quality and stuff and, yeah. um, offer something unique and, you know, bringing in an artistic, like a, a design eye to it and stuff too. And trying to be like, okay, well we could make you a flat sign, but like, why don't we bring some dimension? Why don't we add some of your company patterns? Yeah. Why don't we do this or that and make something that's like really unique, you know, that, that catches people's eye. Um, yeah, I think I'm kind of relearning how to balance though. Um, and how to balance my life with all that too, and not just be always, always working. I yeah. think, that's never going to stop yeah. the learning yeah. part, right? Because as you succeed a little bit more, it offsets something else. Or in order yeah. to succeed a little more, you got to offset a little something else. I uh, That's just my own personal experience. So far, I could be wrong. Mm. How is it balancing your life as an entrepreneur with like your personal time? Do you have like a, a personal hobby outside of this that you go do? Like, do you fish or something or like spearfish? I would or love like, to fish. <laughs> I don't know. Spearfish. I, I just don't go know. out and start Yeah, I don't know. Shit. You're just like, oh. Uh, I, I, do, I do a range of things, actually. Um, I'm kind of forcing time in for myself at this point, um, trying to manage my time better and stuff so that I can do that. But uh, I, I do a range of stuff. Sometimes I do like light gardening. Sometimes I'll do painting. Sometimes I'll do... Um, I like doing photography a lot. I'd love just uh, getting into the outdoors. I like movies, live comedy, all those different things. I think that's what I try and do most often is live music, live comedy, things like that, because those kind of restore me uh, in, in a big way. And I think my creative juices get so zapped from working on other people's projects that it's harder for me to go do my own art and creating all the time. So instead, I'll kind of, you know, go to a show or do yeah. something where I can kind of unplug mentally and yeah. I agree. I think uh, it's important to. She obviously didn't see what was in. Tell her in the back. Um, sorry, it's another. No, artist no, picking you're up good. Art. That's cool. Um, I don't know what the right formula is. I don't know what the right. Like, I don't have no advice to give you. That's all right. We're I all figuring it no, out, right? I, I I do know that it is great to see you. When I heard your story, it made me a little more, a lot more excited for where you are now, and to see that cool. you do have a style of execution, 
I seen one that I liked that you did a lot. Mm. One that I liked a lot that you did recently was, is it uh, dipped in color? Yeah. For old sack. Yeah. So I liked the story of how that came about first. And then I seen the sign. I was like, oh, you like one upped it and you made it something. Yeah. And it looks like it belongs in old sack. Cool. Just cool. like, I think it was a striped one. Is that one on the ice blocks? Is it stripes or just... Uh, oh, yeah, strapping store. Strapping, my bad. Yeah. But like... It, it was one of my favorites too. A handmade multi-layered wood sign yeah. is like... With the bungees. Yeah, it's like the old time stuff. It looks... Yeah. It's it's not a vinyl wrap on a window. It's not... A, uh, you know, it just... It adds... It sets you up for the yeah. store really to go in like, hey, yeah. look at that sign. Let's see what's in here. Yeah. Like it's, it says a lot about the business before you enter it. That's, that's, that's my goal. I want to represent my my clients as well as I can um, and not just their stores, but who they are and yeah. what they're putting out there. The owner of that shop, Susan, is uh, huge in the community. She is such a wonderful person. I've been yeah. blessed to work with a lot of amazing um, business owners and stuff uh, and work very closely enough to get to know them a little bit. But she's a huge part of the community. Um, and she's very inspiring to a lot of people, insanely kind, um, like so kind and, uh, yeah, she's a good person. That was a cool one. What's your process like when the, after these people contact you, Mm -hmm. let's just say somebody in the audience has heard about you. Mm -hmm. Maybe this podcast pushes them over the edge and they contact you. What's the next, what's the first step in a new relationship? Uh, a meeting. I want to meet and get to know the person a little, what in they're person looking or on for. Zoom. Ideally in person, okay. but sometimes only Zoom or phone calls work yeah. out. And that's cool too. Um, but I, the goal is to get to know the person just as much as the product they're, they're looking for. Yeah. Um, Cause I think I can offer a better product for them if you I know, yeah. yeah, if I know about them and what they're trying to put out in the world with their store or their restaurant or whatever, a little bit better. Um, yeah. And what's the second step after that? I usually design, just start going through some concepts. I usually try and offer up uh, at least a few different concepts for, for people and stuff and kind of narrow it down from there. Um, yeah. yeah. And the third step? Uh, ideally into production on one of them and get rolling with a, a, a timeline and, and getting going on it. Yeah. Kind of jump in at that point. How do you go about, do you install it yourself or is that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's your process. You take on. Yeah. From design to install, you take on the whole thing. Yeah. Honestly, the installation is not really my favorite part, but it's part of the job. I hate hanging art. (laughs) Yeah. It's kind of nerve wracking. Usually. Yeah. And I have to do it here. Yeah. It's part of my gig. Yep. So where would you like to see yourself maybe in the next year from now? I want to be in a bigger space and mm-hmm. I want to be um, I want to have someone working with me at some point. I would love to find somebody who is, you know, maybe like I was 10 years ago or so yeah. that wants to break into this and, you know, maybe didn't have a an easy route in or something that I can help into it. I'd love to do some kind of like I, I want to interact with the community more, too. Okay. I think having a spot I could maybe, you know, classes or yeah. something. I just yeah. want to share anything I can. I have a lot of clients that mention or like people on the team of those clients will mention like oh i've always wanted to do this stuff i always yeah. thought it's cool and everything and like i would i would love to make it more approachable for people and like show them how much more especially for women like show them yeah. how approachable it and how you you can do it and maybe get them kind of started in it you know people love to pay for an experience-based mm-hmm. situation that they can take something home with sure so if you yeah. did have some kind of a class in your new yeah. space whenever that situation arises, I think you do well with it. I would like that. Maybe have people making their own dimensional signs. I think that people would be stoked on that. Yeah. So we are getting to the conclusion of the episode. Is there anything before I ask you my last question Mm -hmm. that you would like to just mention or talk about or gripe or thank yous or anything like that? Oh God. Thank you to everyone that I've worked with. Um, and to Sacramento, Sacramento has been so good to me. I I feel so deeply grateful and want to find more ways to give back. Um, I had no idea how much I would find my heart up here and how many amazing people I'd find up here. Yeah. Um, And I I feel really, really deeply grateful for that. Um, And I guess I also want to say to anyone looking to try any of these things, vinyl or woodworking, just do it. Just try it. If you need a connection for it, hit me up. You know, like I'll, I'll do what I can to help you you know, find good connections and and know what to do to get started and stuff. It's, it's so rewarding doing things with your hands. 
Any it form is, of creativity yeah. is so yeah. rewarding. It just gives you, uh, yeah, it's richness in life, you know? It is. I, I don't always like the car painting process, but when it's yeah. done and I see it, I'm like, I fucking yeah. did that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How can people contact you? Um, you can hit me up through, uh, Instagram is probably one of the easier ways. Okay. Steadfast craft. Um, also welcome to email me Elise at steadfastcraft.com. It's A L Y S E at steadfastcraft.com. Um, but Instagram, I'm pretty good being responsive on there and stuff too. So you can find me through there. Okay. Well, yeah. I appreciate your time, your Thank story you. and sharing it with me. I'm going to conclude your episode with the last question, and that is, what is your idea of a dope day? Ooh. Something with good food, good people, a live show, and creating something. Yeah. That's awesome. I'd say that sounds pretty solid to me. Yeah. Thank you very much again Thank for you. your time and story. This podcast is brought to you by We Are Sacramento.